It's the time of year when we're all thinking about goals and priorities. Now is the time to plan your next trip. Whatever kind of travel fills you up, whether it's lounging on the beach, connecting with family and friends, or going on a foreign adventure, Expedia has the tools you need to plan a great trip. Download the Expedia app or visit Expedia.com to start planning. You do need to be a OneKey member to use price tracking. Signing up is easy and free. Expedia, made to travel. Don't just ride the index, seek to outperform it with Fidelity Active ETFs. Learn more at fidelity.com slash active ETFs. Before investing in any exchange-traded fund, you should consider its investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Contact Fidelity for a prospectus, an offering circular, or if available, a summary prospectus containing this information. Read it carefully. While active ETFs offer the potential to outperform an index, these products may more significantly trail an index as compared with passive ETFs. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC, member NYSE, SIPC. I'm Oprah Winfrey. Welcome to Super Soul Conversations, the podcast. I believe that one of the most valuable gifts you can give yourself is time. Taking time to be more fully present. Your journey to become more inspired and connected to the deeper world around us starts right now. He's been called brilliant, cutting edge, provocative, and just plain hilarious. Six million people tune in each week to the Colbert Report. Stephen Colbert is an actor playing a character who's also named Stephen Colbert. He's a parody of a loudmouth political pundit. Tonight, on Next Chapter, I visit the real Stephen Colbert in his hometown of Charleston, South Carolina. Stephen almost never does interviews as himself. I found out he is whip-smart, delightful, and a loving family man. We met in the charming 150-year-old home of Stephen's mother and father-in-law. Stephen's wife of 19 years, Evie, tells me what it's like to be married to one of the most razor-sharp comedic minds on television today. Hello! Tis I. Nice to meet you. Come on in. Stephen Colbert. My Uncle wife, Winfrey. Abby McGee Colbert. How are you? Such a pleasure to Brought meet you. Brought you some avocados from my <laughs> garden. Oh, my trees. You actually grew these. Yes, I oh actually did. God, Come in. It's cool. It's cool. Cool. Yes. It is not so cool. All right. <laughs> it's better. So it's better. I don't yeah. know. I mean, you're welcome. Come, this come. Lovely. Come on in. Thank you. They'll ripen up. Follow you know, my wife. You put them in a brown bag, and they'll ripen up, and they'll be great. These are my parents. Hello. Welcome to Charleston. Well, thank you. Sorry. Patty and Peter McGee. Well, that's what Charleston is. Hello. Welcome. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. So nice to have you This is your house, I hear. I think it is. It's like out of a magazine. Stephen and Evie celebrated their wedding in this house. It's also where the family gathers every year for Christmas. How much time do you get to spend here? Oh, not, not enough. My stupid show keeps me in New York City. <laughs> I just got, my wife keeps on. I, I was smart enough to marry a girl from my hometown, so we yeah. don't have any debates about where we go yeah. when we have any free time, Christmas or vacations. She's like, why can't you do that show in Charleston, South Carolina? Kind of hard, don't I you said, think? I said, like, oh, I could interview the people we grew up with, but I think <laughs> that, would, that would last maybe the about neighbors. two shows. That would be about it. The neighbors. No, but this is, um, I grew up in a house like this in Charleston and down the street here, about a quarter of a mile. And this is very much like the, the atmosphere I grew up in. Feels charming. It is. Charleston's got charming by the crate load, baby. Yeah. You want charm, we do it. <laughs> the world seems confused by uh, you. 
Yay! <laughs> I won. The world seems confused by you. Not sure where uh, the TV Colbert yes, yes. ends and the real one begins. And now, recently, I love this quote about you in the New York Times Magazine. I think it was in January. Uh -huh. They say, lately, though, there's emerged a third Colbert. This one is a version of the TV show Colbert, except he doesn't exist on screen anymore. He exists in the real world and has begun to meddle in it. Uh-huh. Who will I be that talking to? That doesn't sound... Who will that I sounds be... dangerous. Yes, it does. Like. So who will I be talking to today? I, you know, well, that's an excellent question. I don't... I often don't know who people invite to come, you know, talk to them. Because yes. I'm called Stephen Colbert. I have a character named Stephen Colbert. We both the same social security number, the whole deal. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I don't mind if the audience can't tell who's who at times. At times. At times. On the show. On In my real show. life, this is just me right now. This okay, is just this Stephen. Is you. This is just Stephen Colbert, not Stephen Colbert. Okay. Okay. So are we all clear now? I'm clear. I hope I've made myself <laughs> muddy. <laughs> yes. So where did the Stephen Colbert of the Colbert Report? Where did he come from? Well, I used to work for this guy named John Stewart. Stephen got his start 15 years ago, working as a correspondent on the late-night hit The Daily Show. It was on that fake news show where he created his alter ego, Stephen Colbert, a clueless news reporter. The character became an instant fan favorite. I loved working for and with John. But we used to say, well, what a shame that we were not doing that other form of show, because certainly in cable news, the king shows are pundit personality shows. Right, right, right. So we started, we started pretending that we had one. Yes. Called the Colbert Report, but we just ran commercials for it on the show. We did fake promos for this for the for show, the show that, didn't, that exist. didn't exist. Yeah. And people kept calling up and saying, "When's that show gonna start? I want to watch that show." Wow. So eventually, we said, "Why don't we just do that show we've been advertising for two years?" And 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 that's how it came about as an as an attempt to do a pundit show like Bill O'Reilly or Sean Hannity. So is Stephen Colbert from the Colbert Report, is yes. he, is it just, it's O'Reilly and he, other people? It's a combination well, of... O'Reilly would be the, the biggest example because O'Reilly's the king. Yeah. O'Reilly has been number one in cable news for yeah. 15,000 weeks running or whatever his ads is. He's the king. He's Papa Bear. Papa Bear. He's Papa, right. Bear. Papa Bear. But there were a lot of other people sort of mixed in when we started. Like, I like the... I wanted to be sort of shiny and as new as Anderson Cooper, you know, like as a bright, the silver surfer of cable news, yes. you know, just shiny and, you know, kind of sexy. I also, a little bit of Geraldo Rivera. Yeah. Because Geraldo has a real sense of mission. Yeah. He really, there's a real sense from Geraldo that every report he does is changing the direction of this great ship we call yeah. America just inch by inch yeah. with his will it toward justice. It carries a level of importance just exactly. because he is. So I wanted to have that. So. That's what the show is. The show, we wanted to do something that was a pundit show where the character was um, well-intentioned. I like to say that he's well-intentioned, poorly informed, high-status idiot. 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 Has there been a time when you thought he crossed the line? For instance, uh, yeah. let's go back to the correspondence dinner, 2006. No. No, he no, did let, not cross the line. Let's go. I'm just, just. He okay. cut some jokes. He cut some jokes. I was. I don't but, think people but, but know you, this. You were, you were not a household name then. I think you actually no, became a household. I don't think name. I would have been invited if I'd been a household That's name. Right. I think we hadn't done even 50 shows. Wow. And so I called John Stewart and I said, John, I, uh, I just got invited, you know, 
uh, for the correspondence dinner. A do you think I should do it? And he said, what, like to attend? And I said, no, they want me, because they want you to be the guy? Like to stand next to the president? Do they know what you do? And I said, I don't know. And, and I said, I think I have to do it. She goes, you have to do it. You like, have right to do it. Like, right now, you have to do it. Oh, my God. Have you seen the faces of the people no, who are I watching? No, I've never watched it, oh my because I, 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 I haven't really read You've the press. you never watched it? I couldn't bring myself to. Um, what, what you don't understand, people who watched it at home, is that there's no mic on the audience. And that unless the people on the dais were laughing, or the front row, you couldn't hear any laughter. Wow. But there are 3,000 people in the room, and it went pretty well except the front row and, and the dais. And the dais. And so it really looked like it was uncomfortable, but it was really enjoyable. I really, it was going. You had fun. I had a great time. And it wasn't until it was over and I went back to my, well, actually, there was one moment when I looked over at the president and he didn't seem to be having a good time, which upset me a little bit. I wrote him a letter afterwards saying thank you, it was an honor, you know. Mm -hmm. I, I hope you enjoyed it on some level. It was really, I, I, will, I will always but remember. I think he couldn't tell whether, uh, were you serious, were you not? Maybe were you not. Funny? Yeah, Maybe yeah, not. Yeah. Got it. So anyway. Did you know that it's Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month? Macy's is highlighting some really cool AAPI-owned brands right now, like Cardon, Kaja, Amelia George, and Hey Meave. Plus, you can help to support college access and student success when you donate online or round up in-store to APIA scholars. APIA is the nation's leading nonprofit organization devoted to the academic, personal, and professional success of Asian American, Native Hawaiian, and Pacific Islander students. Shop Asian American and Pacific Islander-owned brands at Macy's.com or in-store. You like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. A new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course. And Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's all new and it's streaming now on Hulu. Have there been times, though, because you just said you didn't think you went too far there. No. When have you gone too far? When has he gone too far? And when he's he, going too far, can you stop him if he's in it? Sure. I have, sure, I can stop him. I can stop him. You can stop him. Matter of fact, every time I've gone too far and stopped myself yes. is because within 10 minutes of each other, my wife and John Stewart have said, Those are the two voices. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. But isn't it interesting, though, in the beginning, I think now people are getting you, but in the beginning, in the early days, yes. in the early days, people would come on the show and be freaked out because they would really think I was who that think, guy was. They would think that you were really that guy. That guy. Yeah, exactly. But I always, I, you know, I play a character on the show, but I don't want my guests to be caught off guard. They're yes. my guests. Yes. You know, I say to every single person, I do the show in character. Uh, he's an idiot. He's willfully ignorant of what you know or care about. Please honestly disabuse me of my ignorance. Don't let me put words in your mouth and we'll have That's a great time. That's what you time. say in the green room. I, the, word for word. I want everybody to start from the same spot. Okay. One of the criticisms that your show receives is that it can appear cynical sometimes that your audience is yeah, made I wouldn't of want that. young, impressionable people. Do you worry that you're creating a generation of cynics? 
I don't worry that I am. I, I, I would hope that I'm not, but I don't, I don't, I don't worry, because I meet the people and they don't seem cynical. Because I love the, the fans show. get it, and the they fans get, get the, that it is a game. I do not believe that people are, that I don't believe that people are only interested in themselves. And I would want to encourage that, and I, I would want to encourage no political engagement. Because young people who purport to be wise to the ways of the world are mostly just cynical. But cynicism is not wisdom. Cynicism masquerades as wisdom. But cynicism is a self-imposed blindness. You put the blinders on yourself to protect yourself from a world that you think might hurt you or disappoint you. Brilliant. Be a fool. Yeah. Believe things will be good. Better to be hurt. And so I would hate to think that people got cynical. That was really good. Truthiness good. is about what you feel and not what is really the fact. Not what is real. Yes. Truthiness, truthiness is um, believing what you wish to be true. Yeah as opposed to what is factually accurate. And then it becomes the word of the year. Your word of the year, it's... It, <laughs> the dictionary Webster's, people, Webster's. It's in, it's, it's, in, it's in the American Oxford Dictionary now. I'm very, I'm very excited about it. And I married an English major. So I think that actually is probably sexier to her than if I had <laughs> six-pack abs, is that I made up a word that went in the dictionary. You, do you, are you surprised at the genius behind the, the idea that you play a fictional character on TV who has now real influence. I mean, like, Time Magazine, most influential kind of influence. Oprah? Are you surprised by Oprah? that? Oprah, could you say the word genius again? <laughs> Are uh, you surprised? I, That's the I, genius of that. Well, I don't know if I have influence. People's, but you do. People say that I influence them and if they say that, then that's a legitimate thing for them to feel, and that's true. But that's not my intention, and I'm completely surprised by it. What is your intention? I, my intention is to make jokes that are about things that I'm interested in. You know, I do satire. I, sometimes I just do silly jokes. But mostly we try to do jokes that, that mean something. Right. And that's, that's all satire is. Satire yeah. is just parody with a point. My point often is I should not be telling you what to think but that's what, what a lot of nighttime punditry is. I'm gonna tell you how to think and how to feel. But in and more importantly, I'm gonna tell you how to feel regardless of what you think. But in your satire and yeah. your satirical take on not telling us what to think, yeah. you get us to think. I, I, well, that's a, that's a double gainer. Isn't but it? <laughs> I, yeah, but, uh, but the whole, I do, but the I, whole I idea do. is you get us to think. Well, I want, you to think about... I want you to think about what I'm talking about. Yes. But I don't, don't always want you to know what I think about it mm -hmm. because sometimes I agree with my character. Uh-huh. And it's important to me that the audience not know not when that know is. Not know when it is. Okay, so let me get this straight. The fictional character, yes. Colbert, yes. raised over a million dollars. I think 1.4, something like a 1. that. 1.4 real dollars. American greenbacks, baby doll. Okay, with a real super PAC. Yes, I formed an actual super PAC this past year. The great thing about it was that I have no plan. I just wanted to find out what was legal to do with money in politics. And it turns out almost anything is legal. Really? And every time I would be told that what I was about to do was illegal, I would talk to my lawyer and he would say, actually, all you have to do is file this piece of paper and you're fine. Then the network called and said, are you really forming a political action committee? And I said, I don't know, why, why do you need to know? And they said, because if you are, that could be trouble. Trouble? And I said, well, then we're definitely doing it. <laughs>
And I said, because I love trouble. I love trouble. I love us especially being told that I shouldn't do it. Yes, by the network. that's a comedian. Like, yes, don't yes. do it. Yeah. So I found out that I could raise money and never tell anybody where it came from. And that's what's happening right now. And I would not have known that if I didn't actually try to do it. But now you've got the money. What I've got you... the money, honey. Wh what well, are you going to do? we spent about half a million dollars of it already. OK. Uh, because when I sort of ran for president in South Carolina. You we're running ads. We ran ads in South Carolina, in, Iowa, in Iowa, Texas. Yep. So you're also a best-selling author. <laughs> yes, I am. Mm -hmm. Again, again. Your third book. Yes, yes, ma'am. Do these come easy for you? Oh, we just <laughs> off the back of our hands. 161 shows a year, 250 pages of jokes. Let's do another. Oh, how does this come about, though? Uh, that came about because there is a sense, of course, that America is the greatest country, and it is perfect, and you must never not be proud of it. No, and it's exceptional. And it's exceptional, exceptional. American yeah. exceptionalness. <laughs> but at the same time that sort of the, the, the right-wing pundits that I, that I am a shadow of, at the same time as they say that, they also say America is broken, it's going in the toilet, and we have to fix it. So I thought, how can those two things exist at the same time? How can America be perfect and we must get it back on track. Well, it can be because America, again, re-becoming the greatness we never weren't. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. That's why it can. And to me, that seems that that's the hallmark of, of the criticism of the Obama presidency. America is perfect. How, how dare you ruin it the way you have? <laughs> and so, so the book is all about how everything in America is the greatest, whether it's our, our jobs, um, our health care system. That's right. We do not need a socialist health care system. You realize that, don't you, Oprah? You realize that. Yes, I, I see now who's entered the chair. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. If we have universal health care, Oprah, that will lead to waste and abuse. Because if bone marrow transplants are paid for That's by right. the government, why wouldn't everyone get them? Absolutely. Why wouldn't everyone have a steel rod implanted in their spine Absolutely. to fix their scoliosis, whether they had it or not? Absolutely. Absolutely. Waste and abuse. Couldn't agree with you more. Thank you. <laughs> you, you know, I actually had a dream about you, Oprah. No. Two nights ago, I had a dream that you were on my show. Because I was thinking about this interview, like, oh, I'm going to be myself in this interview as opposed to being my character. And in the dream, I'm thinking, how could I have forgotten that, that I had Oprah on the show? And I'm watching the interview in the dream, and I thought, this went really well. How could I have forgotten this happened? And I went, look how aggressive I'm being with Oprah in character. I can't believe I was that much of a jerk to her. And I said, she seemed to handle it pretty well, though. Oh, I can't believe I'm doing this interview as myself. I want to be so much more boring than that character. <laughs> so anyway, I, you just I, I was nervous about I was nervous about being me. You're nervous obviously. about your being yourself. I'm nervous about being myself. You've handled it so well thus far. Well, thank you, thank you. I've got 48 years of experience. <laughs> Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Stephen grew up the youngest of 11 children. He used to get up in the middle of the night um, and watch Johnny Carson with my two sisters, Mary and Margo. And so at 12 o'clock, my sisters would come get him up and they'd put him right in the middle of the bed and they'd watch Johnny Carson. So this goes back to when 
he was a tiny little fella just beginning to walk. He's just, he's always been the center of attention. His father, James, was a vice president at a local medical school. His mother, Lorna, was a homemaker. When Stephen was just 10 years old, his father and two older brothers, 18-year-old Paul and 15-year-old Peter, were killed when Eastern Airlines Flight 212 crashed in a cornfield in Charlotte, North Carolina. 72 people died. That had to be a defining loss for you. I mean, that's sort of, you know, for years I sort of thought that that was my secret name, that that loss was my name, oh, if you know what I mean. You know, like that, I, 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 I like the idea, I like the idea that you have a secret name. You have, a re you have your name, but then you have a secret name. Yeah. And that's a name that no one can ever really pronounce, yeah. you know, because it's who you are. Yeah. There's a magic to your secret name. Mm. And that was my secret name, the loss of my father and my brothers. I read that you held on to, that you didn't really grieve them until college, is that true? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I did in small ways, but yeah. I didn't really feel the loss until, until I was in college. Then, oh, then I was in bad shape. Then I was in bad shape. I went into college at about 185 pounds. By the end of my freshman year, I was 135. Really? I was just green, just so sad about it. I finally had time to sort of, I suppose, be alone with the idea. Yeah, to that process they were gone. it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and it was only, I was 10 when they died, and it was only eight years later when you go off to college. So in some ways, it's not that long. I look, it seems like a long time at the time. Right. But now at age 48, 35, at age 48, <laughs> it seems like a, uh, yeah. the blink of an eye. Yeah. So yeah, I got very, I got very sad about it. Mm. You once described your show as the joy machine. Yes. And you had a quote on your desk that said, I have a friend, uh, Father Jim Martin. Okay. He gave me this card, uh -huh. and it said, um, joy is the surest evidence of the presence of God. Right. I think that's, I'm paraphrasing that. But yes. Joy is the Is the most infallible sign. And most infallible sign of the presence of God, of yes. the presence of God. Yes. Joy can be hard. Joy is not the same thing as happiness. No, it's not. It's not. I think happiness is overrated. Oh, I, I really do, too. Do. I really Happiness do. Happiness can be really oh, fast. Oh, my goodness. And for years, if you ask anybody, hello. That's my ride. Is it? <laughs> yes. Thank you. I asked them to lay on the horn repeatedly at 4 o'clock. OK. If you ask anybody over the years, if I ask people, what do they really want, people always say, I want to be happy. But they don't even know what that really means. Mm -hmm. So you're right. I think happiness is way overrated. Way overrated. I'd much rather be joyful Yeah. And any given day right. than just happy. Right. What brings or you... even be sad with the people you love. Do you yeah, know what I mean? Because yeah, that's yeah. real. Yeah, that's you real. Know. Okay, so what brings you the deepest joy? Oh, the deepest joy would be with, to be with my, my wife and children, would be the deepest joy. Like today when you were out with your kids? You oh, said you were yeah, teaching your absolutely. Sons to... I had my sons and I built a wooden boat, yeah. and, and my eldest son, Peter, was out there working the tiller for the first time with a prop engine, and that was pure joy. Okay, does Evie laugh the most at your jokes? I think so. She claims she's an easy mark. So I don't know. She's like, I can't believe I'm laughing at that. <laughs> but thank God she does. She still? laughs. Yeah, she still does. She still does, thank God. Yeah. And she is a great leveling influence. Sometimes she's like, no, absolutely go for it. But sometimes she's like, no, that's real politics. Don't do that. Stay away. Stay away from that. You'll get it on you. You know what I mean? I and like once that. you get it on you, yeah, you, you can't cannot. Get it you off. cannot. It takes a lot of right. kerosene to get you it off. You can't shout it out. Nope. Yeah. 
All right, we're going to break for Ev. Hey. Evie. Come on. Oh, well, I think I got to bring a chair for you, kiddo. Yeah. You can sit on my lap. <laughs> right. That would be exciting. You never get confused. No, I don't really like the other guy very much. You don't like the other guy? No, I brought him home by accident once. <laughs> you did? And well, I happened? work on the way home. I work in the car. Yes. You know, I, I read my scripts. I get driven to work, and I, and I read my scripts going and coming. And often, I'm improvising as the character in the back seat. And I walked into the house very early on in character, and you knew immediately. You can tell. You can already tell. You yeah, knew, I, could, I you knew immediately tell. who I walked in the house. I was very proud of myself for knowing. You said, you totally got it. You yeah. said in certain terms. He's not invited in. He's not invited in <laughs> no, this house. No, he out, doesn't come in this house. Get out of my house and come back in as my husband. I'm like, right, not the boss here. Sorry about that. Yes, right? so not the boss. So not the boss. So not the boss here. Yeah. <laughs> so what was it about him that you said, I can say I do for the rest of my life? That's so hard, right? I mean, it was how kind and generous he is, how smart he is, how... He wasn't making a lot of money. No, no, that was a little scary. <laughs> really, frankly, either. frankly, really, he was making, like, no money. No, I know, but he, he, he's good. And I kind of, I watched him perform, and yeah. uh, Second City is different. He was on stage all the time, so he was working all the time. And um, I don't know, I rolled you trusted the dice. Me, I rolled the dice. You rolled I the dice. I not believe it. Is he a romantic? Oh, very, yeah, he is. He is a romantic. He is. He is. I don't know about that other guy, the character. He is. What's the most romantic thing he's ever done? Oh, all right. Well, this may not be the most romantic thing he's ever done, but this is something I can share. Yeah. Okay, I'll take <laughs> so, that. when we were first dating, I lived in New York and he lived in yes. Chicago. <laughs> yes. You know what I'm going to say? I think so. <laughs> so, um, I lived at the time in a ground floor apartment. Yeah. And so Stephen was coming to visit me. At the time, you were, he was understudying Steve Carell. Yeah. And in the show that he was understudying at Second City, he had to play the, uh, the, baritone, the baritone horn. horn. I had to play a brass instrument. So he told me this <laughs> over the phone. Yes. Over the phone, he said, I have to learn how to play this instrument. Yeah. And I kind of forgot about it. So I'm sitting there thinking it's I about. I had six days to learn it. OK, go ahead. I'm thinking it's about time. He should be coming. I wonder where he is. And all of a sudden, out the window, He's serenading me with this instrument. He's so silly, you know. You have to love the I was silly. Playing it on the airplane. It yeah. was really upsetting. The stewardess. I bet he makes you laugh at times even when you don't want to laugh. Yes, yeah. very true. Oh yeah. my God, I love that. What? Not now. Not no. Not no. now. No, there are times. Well, you know, there are just times when you need a good cry. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I always say, I'd hate to make you feel better. I apologize. <laughs> I apologize if what I'm doing right now is lightening your mood. That's on me. Okay. I'm so sorry. <laughs> so hate to do that. Please, I will stop do momentarily. You, let me ask you this. Do you think you'll ever get bored of him, the other guy? I suppose it's I mean, what, bored or not, I'll stop doing him at some point. Okay, when will you know? When I just don't, when I don't, when I, when I don't want to get to work, you know? But, but I am already you know, thinking right now about, oh, I'd like to talk about that, or I'd like to uh -huh. talk about that, you know, in the coming week. And, and if when I'm away from the show, I can't wait to have that first conversation, that first morning back, the pitch meeting. When, yeah, I, yeah, when yeah. I don't want to do that, then I should stop. When it's a chore. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. All right. I've been Oprah'd. I'm Oprah Winfrey, and you've been listening to Super Soul Conversations, the podcast. You can follow Super Soul on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. 
Join me next week for another Super Soul Conversation. Thank you for listening. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.